episode of New Tech Vintage Nerds. I'm AJ. I'm Alex. Today we're going to talk about home automation. How did we get here? Woohoo! Yeah. Well, um, in one of the previous episodes, we talked about uh, that you are a home user. I'm a home assistant user. And it's been quite a journey uh, that we're right here right now with the solutions we chose. But I was wondering, what did start you in the whole home automation journey? I mean, oh, well, that was long, 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 long time ago. When you were a little Alex. Right now, not, not that little. Well, smaller than now. Anyway, <laughs> it was with an application or with a little box. Um, I'm not sure if they have that abroad. It's called in, in Dutch, it's called click on, click out. Anyway, this thing just had a couple of switches, which you plugged into um, a power outlet and then plug your lamp in and then you had a remote and you could switch on and off. That yeah. was it. And that made a lot of fun. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I had something similar, but I started with, uh, I believe it was called X10. It's a power line switching method. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's I lived in a house where the power cabling was made by someone who usually designs violins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or something. At least, well, he was very creative, let's put it like that. And because he was very creative, power line did not work at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> not at all. I could plug in two power line connectors, so the, the receivers, next to each other in two power plugs, I don't know, a meter apart, and they wouldn't work. Oh, wow. No, I, I had the fortune that I was living in a pretty modern house, 1970s. So that, that was going well. I, I could switch on and off my lights with, uh, actually with one of my first Macs, I believe, with a Mac Mini. It, it, All right. it, it used to have... Um, Indigo as an automation software. I, I believe it still exists. It does, yes. Yeah, so uh, I could turn on the, the lights and uh, my receiver by power, obviously. Um, and I started using a display uh, like an iPad on the wall. One of the first iPads, uh, or actually it might have been an other tablet kind of thing, but man, it's way back. The, the, the funny thing about this click on, click out system was that it was using 433 megahertz. Yeah. And one of the wonderful things of that little um, ecosystem was that half of the time it wouldn't work. So you'd push the button and nothing would happen. Yeah. And it didn't <laughs> it would give just any turn feedback, off right? and never on. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't give any feedback, right? Nothing at all, no. And it had no security whatsoever. So I was experimenting with a signal um, scanner at uh, some point in time. Yeah. And you could just very easily see the uh, the switch on and switch off commands. And the difference was, I think, one bit or something. And this software actually had the capability of replaying what you saw on the screen. So I could just select something that I randomly 
plugged out of the sky and replay it, and suddenly a light would come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. what, the, what the f? All right, uh, this is not very secure. Yeah. Anyone who lives nearby me can turn on and off my lights with a very small USB device like that. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Why did she do it? Like, uh, I was, and still am, lazy. Like I said in one of my Instagram posts, I'm lazy. So for me, it's everything that's going to go automatic and I don't have to push a button. I really like it. Well, why did you get started with with that whole uh, automation uh, stuff? My dad always said only lazy people can be economical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's true. Yeah. It was out of interest. Uh, it, it was something that had to do with technology and convenience, and that immediately sparked my interest. Although... Especially in the beginning, it was not convenient at all because half of the time either it wouldn't work or stuff wouldn't fit together. Well, yeah. stuff would not ever work together, right? The, the 433 megahertz system would not work with the 866, would not work with, I don't know. It, it never was able to cooperate with each other. So yeah. you always ended up with some niche solution in the left corner of your house and some other niche solution in the right corner of your house. And then you had another niche solution if you had an outside temperature gauge. And you know, I don't know, at, I, at some point in time, I had four, five, six different solutions and they all had apps on my phone and they all never worked together. And they never, some even never worked at all. <laughs> and then it was, it was just frustrating. So I, actually I stopped in having an interest in it for a while um, because it was just frustrating. Uh, one of the things I can't stand is if stuff works one moment and doesn't work the next and then yeah. works a moment after. And, you know, I hate that. It's, it either works or it doesn't. I understand that. But yeah, then it's what the problem is. My my alarm lights go off then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty annoying that when it works or it doesn't work, and then again it starts working again. What did I do? What has changed? Is it me? Is it just protocol? It's annoying. And you can't figure out why it suddenly doesn't or does work. Yeah. That is ah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. after the 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 click on click out 433 megahertz thingy, um, so I stopped having interest for a while, and then I saw something that was called Home Wizard, oh, which yeah. was a box not unlike what the thing I have today um, that actually, well, it promised to bring all the home automation stuff together in in one solution. And then you could schedule stuff that would automatically turn off and on and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And that actually, it's a pity that they do not sell that box anymore because that actually worked pretty, pretty well. Yeah, the Home Wizard 2000 or something like that, I think. I can't remember. It's too long ago. But <laughs> it had uh, a plug-in for my power meter. It had a plug-in for... Um, I can't remember. It had plugins for all kinds of stuff. It worked with the 433 megahertz. I could schedule stuff. 
um, it was amazing. But for that time, it, I think this is early two thousands. It was amazing, and it worked like it worked like a charm. And that actually sparked my interest in doing home automation because that did what I wanted it to do. I could schedule some stuff based on a couple of very easy triggers. You know, it it gets dark, turn on the light, and that tend to work actually most of the time. Yeah. And that's that's where I actually got the 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 interest. Okay, this so this can be very cool if it works and if it does what you want it to do at the time you wanted to do it. That is that is so convenient. Yeah. And also, and that was the main reason back in the day when when uh, why why I looked at home automation. There were a lot of break-ins in the area where I lived. And the reason uh, why I looked at this is because I didn't want to sp- to spend the money on a, a full blown uh, alarm system with sensors and people running around your house because some alarm went off or a police calling you. Are you okay, sir? And then it will cost you fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, that is no. I didn't want that. I just wanted to get a notification on my phone. Have you left open a window? Or I saw a, a documentary on TV that I think ninety percent of the reports of those home automation systems are fake or false. Yeah. Why would you even spend money on that? That it's insane. So I thought, you know, when I can do that for myself in my own home with my own phone i get notifications if they're a false positive okay well then i picked up my phone for nothing that's all yeah but it wouldn't result in in some idiotic bill or people who who bounce on my door or i don't know so that was also a reason to look into it and back in the day i actually had these 433 megahertz uh, sensors on my doors and windows and that, uh, well, sort of worked, uh, like with everything, 433 megahertz. Sometimes it works, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, and everybody uses it, so it's pretty crowded in there. It's pretty crowded, it's pretty noisy, uh, not a very great solution. Yeah. But that's that's when I really started to take an interest and, and when it really took off, um, mainly because, well, first of all, with Home Wizard, a lot of it worked. Yeah, actually worked. Also based on, for instance, weather characteristics. You know, it the, the wind is picking up. Should I, uh, I don't know, give you a warning that you need to uh, close the blinds or open the blinds or whatever? Yeah, it, it's all about sensing something if it's coming from internet or from a sensor, and with the actually actual action that uh, follows that it was far from intelligent though i mean it was good for that time and it could do a lot but it also left a lot to be desired for yeah what, what was your greatest challenge with that system i think integrating the webcams it didn't do that at all okay Webcams. I didn't have any webcams then. I think I, I was too shy for that time. I think I, I build a 
<laughs> I built a ring doorbell before <laughs> there actually was a ring doorbell. Maybe you can remember that. Yeah. I actually took took apart a uh, very cheap ass Wi-Fi camera and glued it to to the window of my front door. <laughs> yeah, and, I remember. <laughs> and it had actually had a trigger when you pushed the the uh the wireless doorbell it would also send the trigger to the home wizard to then take a picture with the the wi-fi camera and then send that picture to my mobile phone yeah half of the time that didn't work and the other half of the time the pictures were terrible i positioned the camera wrong because you usually just saw uh, uh chests and belly buttons but for faces because the camera was too low and yeah, the yeah. the lens on the camera wasn't wide enough and it was terrible yeah but uh, <laughs> the idea was good yeah exactly <clears throat> so we ca we came from uh, different backgrounds uh, I, I was using the the indigo system with all kinds of automation stuff for me it was uh, more about lighting and making sure that um, it's comfortable in, in my house. That That's one of my main design things. Uh, I do everything for the comfort. Uh, it My house has to follow me. Well, not physically, but it, it has to know what I want, when I want it. So my lights follow me. Uh, if I wake up in the morning, the coffee machine is on. the um, The curtains are up if it's uh, if it's bright uh, outside. Um, so, what what are your design criteria for a for your smart home uh, from that moment from um, um, uh, a home wizard? I don't say that I actually have design criteria. I've got design philosophy, though. If you have to push a button for it, your home automation has failed. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's not called home, home automation for nothing, right? If you can't automate the hell out of it, it fails. Yeah, if you have to push a virtual button, you might as well push a physical button. I was just going to say that. If you have to push a, a, a virtual button, then something's wrong with you. I'm, I'm yeah, that's, you lost, basically. Yeah. So... I try to look at the way we live our lives and then anticipate on things that happen with uh, automation flows. It generally works, but sometimes I'm totally missing the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but like, like with a virtual button, you have to do an action. You have... Uh, to to control something like a light, um, but how how get you how do you get your partner not to push that physical button and let your home automation do all the all that stuff? I mean, I glue huge stickers to the button. <laughs> uh, okay. Seriously, uh, specifically in places where um, my spouse used to switch on and off the lights physically. I actually glued an orange sticker with black text on it. Light okay. will switch automatically. Do not touch the button. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I replaced the switches. <laughs> I, I started doing 
home automation in a rental apartment. So oh, you yeah. can't take out all the switches and stuff. So that yeah. doesn't work, right? No. Your landlord will hate you for it. <laughs> yeah. And probably will make you put everything back the way it was when you didn't ever decide to leave. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, the home I live in right now is my own property so i can do whatever the hell i like here and uh, i still haven't replaced switches though all the physical switches are still there i find it quite kind of silly to to get them out because there is an advantage to a physical button yeah but generally the stuff is i'd say more or less designed around the limitations and it it works uh now nah, that wouldn't be fair to say it works well the way it's designed now the way it's set up now can i do better probably um but overall almost in almost all walkthrough areas like landing the hallway the stairs uh, the utility room the lighting is automatic so you walk through the light switch on switches on and after it doesn't detect any more motion after i don't know a, a minute or so additionally it switches off the light again that, yeah. uh, that usually works well we've got led lights everywhere now and it's i think fairly standard now but uh, I know my mom still has a couple of old-fashioned light bulbs. Yeah. Um, and then at some point in time, it becomes a sport, right? To get as much stuff in there as you can. Like yeah. you said, the coffee machine. What's the, the, the bloody use of a coffee machine adding it to your home automation? Because, well, I don't know about you, but my coffee machine does not put a, put a cup under it automatically. I have to yeah. do that myself. Not I've yet. got a robot who... Who does that? That yeah. movement of taking down the cup from the from on top of the coffee machine, putting it putting it under the under the tap. So yeah. um, you still have to walk over, put the cup under it, and then push the button. Um, the button press I could theoretically do automatically, but there is no use in it. No. Um, so you can you can actually um, overdo it, and that's that's fairly easy i tend to look at home automation it 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 has to have a use otherwise i don't do it yeah yeah it has to to fulfill some some use right um i've added my mowing robot to it not because i want to schedule the mowing robot because that thing has an automated scheduler based on weather based on how how fast my grasses grow i don't know that the thing has some form of ai in it that ai is cleverer than me what i do want to know and this is the reason i added it to the home automation is when that thing has a problem i want to know because i'm not staring out of the window the 100 of the time looking at my robot what the hell is it doing now yeah right so when it gets stuck when it uh, uh, mows over its own wire, which it has done a couple of times. Um, or, I don't know, when it has uh, some other error, I'd like to know. 
the software that comes with it isn't intelligent enough to send me a heads up when it when it drives outside of the wire, for instance. Mm. It doesn't do that. Um, but it does detect an error message because I know I've seen the error in my home automation. So yeah. what I did was actually fill the gap. Yeah. I scheduled a, a messaging in the home automation. If the, the mowing robot has an error, send me the message with the error. And now I get an ads up when, when the robot mower has a problem it either is stuck or it's outside of the wire or I don't know, whatever problem it has. I get a pop-up with Hank. That's what he's called. Hank has a problem. And, yeah. and then the text states the problem. And that works wonderful. Yeah. I, I think I look at my home automation the same way. Like it, it has to fulfill a need or I can reduce friction or replace something like like well actually all our lights are turning on and off based on presence at a certain location in the house um, but also if it's getting dark it's automatically going on you you could say well put a sensor outside and then you can just do that by uh, by the wire but the whole point is that i can also connect my blinds to that to the same sensor and i can do my automation based on um, if it's sunny like our uh, solar panels uh, produce a certain amount of energy um, and the wind is lower than set amount of speed and um, it's uh, warmer in my house than 21 centigrade um, then i can automatically put the blinds down the or the screens down outside if it's um, uh, if the wind is blowing um, harder than uh, like 30 kilometers an hour then instead of the screens the internal uh, blinds go down so that that's something that that um, in the past I I needed to go to well, actually, my wife had to go to the uh, the blinds and turn them uh, down. Now it's automatically. Now it's based on sensor input and actions based on that. And like you said, with a coffee machine, it's not that useful. On the other hand, I have an automation based on the power consumption of my dishwasher. If my dishwasher is ready, I can see that in my home automation system. And again, put an alert on that uh, if there's somewhere else in the house, the dishwasher is ready. Or for example, I could start some other electricity hogging machine uh, after the dishwasher has complete. And those kind of things are not possible. Yeah, they are possible. I have to walk to it. I have to push a button. And it's, it's not, that's not smart. That's not a smart home. Uh, my my spouse tends to forget that she put in a laundry in the machine. Mm. Um, so our laundry machine now has a smart plug attached to it. Oh, yeah. And after the home automation detects that the power usage is back to zero, it sends a push message to my wife's phone 
I think the laundry is done. <laughs> I see we have a lot of same issues. Which, which, it, 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 the funny thing is, it works, right? Uh, well, the, the, the push notification obviously works, but um, the reminder works as well because ever since we have that that workflow installed, um, she hasn't forgotten it anymore. Yeah. Right. So, and that is the essence, I think, of of home automation, is that it adds that value to your life. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's also good to trim down the fat of your home automation system when you, I mean, when you first start with it. You put in all the sensors and you want to automate everything, like said the coffee machine. Well, you still have to put a cap under it. But it's in there, it's getting information into the in the smart home. Then you want to use it, you want to see it, you want to put it on your uh, home dashboard. And from time to time, I think eh, this is not useful. I strip it out of my, uh, my home assistant uh, layer. Like the, the display we have right now is pretty easy, pretty simple. It's only for the exceptions on the rules that are in place in the smart home. Yeah. Um, we can put a, or actually I, I did for every automation, I put in a, um, well, an override button. So for example, uh, we have two cats. They come into the bedroom in the morning and we do have uh, automatic lighting in the bedroom. So if the cats come in, lights go out, uh, go on. Well, that's not funny. In <laughs> Everyone's <early morning>. awake. <laughs> yeah. So I put in a button that's an override. Um, if I open the door of the bedroom, I can put a, uh, I, I can click on the button. There's a cat in the room. I could actually automate that based on this RFID tag. Hmm. Um, <laughs> But when I push the button, the, New incentives. The light, yeah, the button, the, the light doesn't uh, respond anymore to that, uh, that specific uh, sensor. Actually, I saw a wonderful gadget for you on uh, one of the reports of CES 2024. Uh-oh. It was a cat flap with a camera attached to it with artificial intelligence, which detects if the cat has something in its beak. Ah. The open. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that 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 was <laughs> was amazing. Yeah, uh, I I, I, hmm. I like that. <laughs> oh shoot! Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, actually, that that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I know my budget for home uh, automation and smart home is uh, pretty big, or at least. I tell my wife that my budget is small, but a lot of new things get introduced. How do you manage your budget around these kind of things? It actually isn't that bad. The purchasing the the at home homey itself was the largest investment, hmm. and yeah, obviously, if you have twenty sensors and they all cost a twenty, yeah, then it adds up, right? Yeah, and it does. Uh, initially, I bought a lot of stuff on AliExpress, so it wasn't that expensive. I think I bought the initial 
door and window sensors. I think they were f- about 15 euros a piece or something like that. And it was Airwave Plus, so they were they were pretty good. Um, yeah, they're still on there, so I'm I'm very happy with them. Um, some some are more expensive than others. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of Philips U's. They they tend to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm a bit on the fence uh, when it comes to investing in it. Um, some stuff, it, it it has to it has to have a use, right? I mean, uh, um, the latest investments I did were were just simple and plain uh, socket switches, right? Oh, the, yeah. the, the the plug switches, and and uh, I, I think I bought Fabaros because I've got the best experiences with those. Um, they don't break that easily. I had an, a, a a Neo Cool Cam actually burn out. Mm. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, it also left a, a very ugly stain on the wall plug and the wall. <laughs> but um, I think the Fibaros never have, never have done that. Yeah. For, unfortunately, I mean they are about fifty or sixty euros a piece, so that that will definitely be noticeable. Yeah. 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 In your budget. Uh, if you buy, uh, I don't know, three or four of them. Um, the last stuff I actually bought for home automation is is all the do-it-yourself WLED stuff, and that doesn't okay. cost a whole lot of money. So no, that's correct. Yeah. No. It's, uh-huh. it's, it, the funny thing is that, bottom line, yes, you can spend an enormous amount of money on home automation. Mm-hmm. Then again. It can be very cheap as well. Yeah. Well, one uh, ESP32, uh, um, a, a power plug, and a, a LED strip, 40 euros altogether. Yeah, yeah something like that. It, it's at least pr- cheaper than the UV uh, versions. Oh, um, most definitely, yes. And and the, uh, uh, and well, <laughs> they, they are brighter, they are more color accurate, and and it's yeah. fun putting them together as well. Yeah. But um, most of the stuff that I bought um, actually is stuff that I bought because I had some problem to solve. We have a dark corner. We have spotlights that we want to put somewhere. Um, and I made it a standard to buy the Philips U. <coughs> excuse me. This Phil- the Philips U stuff. Yeah. Um just, I feel like uh, 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 Paul Hewitt is going to chase me again because it it just works, yeah. <laughs> it, but it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have the same. I have a couple of those LED strips. Uh, I've got the Philips Hue bulbs. Uh, They're indestructible. They, yeah, they, indoor and outdoor. I, I still have Gen ones. They they still burn. I mean, they're not they're not bright because the first generation was pretty crappy if you compare them to whatever we have right now but they they still work they still yeah. work as like a charm wonderful yeah yeah the only thing i did with them is not connect them to the the u bridge uh, or at least i i moved them to a other zigbee stick because i don't like the whole idea of um, 
needing a cloud solution to be able to turn on my own freaking lights. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Hold on. So the, the funny thing is that, and this is also not unimportant with everything that is home automation, how do your partner, family, relatives that come over accept the fact that half your house is reacting to their presence? Yeah. Well, you you got to do it good or you don't have to do it. Well, that's, that's I think, the number one rule. You do it yeah. properly or don't do it at all. Yeah, that, that's why I replaced all my push buttons and dimmers that are in the wall. Uh, I replaced them by, I, I don't recall the brand, I think it's Ecobee. But those are Zigbee-specific, uh, so you can still push the button. If somebody comes in and says, well, I, I need some light, just push the button. But I'm still able to control it by, uh, by a home automation system. So when we walk into the kitchen, the light automatically goes on because there's obviously a sensor uh, that does the temperature and the lighting and uh, motion. So... Why not turn it on? So the funny thing I actually noticed is that, well, my spouse generally uh, is not very interested in home automation. She accepts the fact that I do it. and Yeah, I got to close my door. It's my printer is making big noise. <laughs> All right. You can cut this out later. <laughs> That was automatic. The cat opens the door and I close it again. So she doesn't mind me doing home automation as a hobby. She's fine with that. Uh, um, we all have our hobbies. But um, what I noticed is that once a, an automation is in place, like automatic lights or we have automatic uh, radio in the house when we wake up in the morning at 7-ish, uh, 8-ish, uh, uh, um, the, uh, automatically the radio comes on in specific rooms, not in the bedroom, but for instance in the bathroom or in the, in the living room, and it has the, the news and then traffic info and whatever. So while she in the morning is uh, making her lunch to go and, and preparing her coffee, she gets latest news and the traffic info and whatever. Yeah. Um, and that is very specifically aimed at where she will be in the house at what time. And there is a margin in there, but uh, that's only interesting when you actually program it. Um, and the funny thing is that once that is in place, that's fine. And, and I tend to add a couple of jokes to it to <laughs> make her laugh in the morning. Um, or at least trigger some response. Yeah. And now when it when it's and that is a logical result of doing home automation, there are moments when it fails. <laughs> and when it fails, you now tend to hear it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that is that is one of the things that well basically you can state that 
it has been accepted when you get complaints that some stuff isn't working anymore. Yeah, it used yeah. to be automatic before. Yeah, I I had the same uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, my wife came in and said, "Well, uh, can you charge the um, the blinds uh, turner? We have a, a little motor on the on the blinds. Yeah, why? Well, it, it's empty. Can you please charge it?" So I went with the charger to that room and I looked at the window. Wife, there is no turner on that blind. Oh, do I have to manually close and open that? Uh, Yes. Not for long, though. So that was funny. Stuff like that. If, If it works like that and if people specifically uh, your significant other notices that stuff isn't working anymore i think then home automation has succeeded in the goal that it that you set out to do it with yeah yeah exactly so in terms of security um obviously everything cloud is boo <laughs> uh, yeah that is harder than it initially sounds oh yeah absolutely if you got some well two year enabled device like a heater or a switch or a scale i haven't got a lot of i've got two of them yeah i i believe we got two heaters one in the what we call the tea house outside patio heater and one in uh, my wife's office those are two yeah but i don't like it i mean what like, like i said with philips you why do i need a cloud service to turn on my own lights and heating i did yeah. i mean come on fair point isn't it yeah and recently with philips you actually making it uh, mandatory to use their cloud service uh, i'm not very happy with that no i i i haven't i haven't seen impact yet no and i haven't seen anything if they are going through with it so uh i saw the the news article i went well that's a bummer i'm not gonna do that i haven't so seen anything I... following it up though no but then again, we might not see it because we do other things. Like I know it, it does auto auto upgrade. Yeah. But uh, the last uh, time I looked at it, it still it still use it use the the um the local connection. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, perhaps it uh, it keeps on working, but I, I don't like it. So what I did do in terms of uh security and privacy considerations and that is this is actually something i did fairly recently um i I plan to do it much sooner but i just didn't get around to it i was actually segmenting by my local network into a couple of segments where one is specifically for uh, uh iot devices and one actually is completely closed off uh all the internet and for instance, all the security cameras I have, and I've got a, quite a few, are all in their own uh, virtual LAN. They can't get out. You can't get in. There's only one way to look at them, 
and that is through the network video recorder, which has uh, a foot in every network or in in both networks, in the camera network and in the the uh, in the home core network. Yeah, this is how you can watch the cameras, but you can't could directly connect to the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it will be impossible to hack. Yeah, here yourself talking about a specific network for specific parts of your home automation and yeah most yeah. of the people have a internet router with wi-fi and they say well it's fine enough it's everything on one single net uh, yeah guilty as charged so this is the the professional it guy and his home it it's not a data center in here but there are some some things that do resemble a data center yeah look, um, look at my blinking lights back there yeah. Well, for the, for all those listening, I have blinking lights behind me. Uh, I do have a 19-inch rack in my garage, and yes, there are servers in there. Uh, they don't uh, consume a lot of power. I got rid of those of those machines. Yeah, but still, um, it it's uh, uh, part of a hobby that uh, sort sort of got out of hand. Yeah. Um, then again, it's still cheaper than putting it all on the web. Um, what I was about to say about that is um, it is, I think, for everyone who is going to go into home automation, even if you do just a little bit, you know, um, be sure, make yourself uh, acquainted with how to make it secure from the get-go because, oh my God, <laughs> everyone's after your information and they all yeah. want to sell you something or they all want to get get on your money, uh, get a grip on your money or on your credit cards or on your credit score if you're in the US or whatever, right? Um, yeah. So... There are there is a lot of IT stuff out there, a lot of home automation stuff out there that is not secured, is not um, ha- does not have your best interest at heart when it delivers the service you bought it for. Yeah, our the, our security is a afterthought. Oh, we need to bolt something on because it needs to be secure. Then we can put it on the box that it's secure. At least they thought about it, right? <laughs> um, I mean, there are these these cameras you can buy on AliExpress. Um, I actually have one in a birdhouse out in the garden. That thing is in the no internet zone, and it will never get out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do, <laughs> you do not talk to the outside world, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine they're they're a bit talky. They don't need to go on the internet. And the fact that it has an app that connects to some strange URL on the internet and then actually can see my own camera. Um, I saw that when I was configuring it and hell no. (laughs) Yeah. This is not how this is going to work. Nope. Do not enter. So um, what are your... What's one thing? I mean, we, we can do talk about lots and lots about it, but what is one thing that you want to do in the near future in your smart home? 
what I would like to do, and this is already available, but, and, and yes, you with your home assistant uh, <laughs> uh, can do that, and I can't yet yeah. anyway, is the, uh, the millimeter No shame wave. in switching. No shame no, in switching. No, but I won't. Um, is the millimeter wave uh, sensors. Oh, yeah. Those things are amazing. Uh, I think Acara's got them. It's called, I think, MM01 or something like that. Yeah. Um, they are not very expensive. They are very accurate in uh, noticing and scanning movement and people in the room, but also not just in the room, but also where in the room. And with the sensor, you can basically map the room and just have the lights on where there are people yeah, and have no lights on where there are no people. But when they get up and move over, for instance, from the living room to the kitchen, it will see that and it, it can automatically follow you with the lights, turning on the lights. Yeah, so in essence, going I, from... I would like to do that. Yeah, but so going from motion detection to presence detection. Exactly. Um and then presence detection with without a failure rate, right? Um, yeah. All the things that I tried in the past with Bluetooth and and, and it all sucked. <laughs> uh, and this is actually working. The only downside is you have to, again, put new sensors up. Um, and these sensors do not work on batteries because they are fairly power intensive, at least while they are right now. I saw so, one that had a battery from Akara, I believe. Uh, so the MM01 has a USB cable yep. attached to it, and that needs to go into a power plug, my friend. Yeah, uh, otherwise know, it won't work. Um, no, no batteries because that thing, first of all, runs on Wi-Fi. Second, uh, the the millimeter wave sensor is constantly on, so there is no way to power save. Yeah. Well, when so I find the link, I'm going to put it in uh, in the show notes. It's not consuming a lot of power but it's consuming a constant amount of power and that is obviously not very good for batteries yeah so that is something i want to um, look into and i want to look into um, more intelligent uh, analysis of my cameras i've got a ubiquity unified camera system and it does do uh, people detection and vehicle detection. But first of all, that's it. Second, it doesn't do that on all cameras. It only does that on the newer ones. And I also have a couple of old ones. Yeah. And um, it has no animal detection whatsoever. I have a couple of cameras in the back of my garden who uh, are labeled Wildlife 01 and Wildlife 02. <laughs> and um, we have a lot of fun with those because it's really nice to look at, you know, all the, the squirrels and hedgehogs and, I don't know, yeah. whatever comes by. Um, but um, every time the wind moves a branch in the tree, they start recording. This is very annoying. Yeah. So I want to have some kind of artificial intelligence there. And um, hopefully I will be able to do that soon. Uh, or I'm, I'm looking into Frigate to yep. actually use for this. And uh, a Coral TPU um, to do the, the uh, AI part. 
or at least the object uh, uh, detection part. Um, so those are the things that in my near future, um, further away, I have no idea. I'm currently involved in a better test of a smart lock. Honestly, I have yet to detect the use of it. Okay. And I will not mention the brand and I will not mention the problems that we've had because, well, that's first of all NDA and second doesn't add any value. But um, I noticed that in day-to-day life, having an automatic lock on your door is more of a nuisance (laughs) than it is a service. Because every time you come to your door and you want to open it, and you want to use the automatic lock, you have to take out your phone and you have to tap or push the button on the lock. But then what's the difference between pushing the button on the lock and turning the key? Yeah. There's not, a whole, lot, there's not a whole lot of difference. So uh, that is stuff I do not see in my future uh, at all. Yeah. I don't see the use of it. And uh, also, I think hacking an analog lock or specifically the ones I have, is a fairly big challenge. And uh, these things have automatic signals and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and every idiot with a, um, a, f- a frequency scanner basically can s- can tune into them. Yeah. And if there is ever a vulnerability found, they can open your door, um, which they can't if you just have a physical lock. Yep. Doesn't mean that I will never look into them, but it may, well, it's fairly improbable that I will look into it in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, the, those are the, actually the two things I'm, I'm looking into. Uh, I also want to do a better detection. We, we have cats, like I said, and our cats trained us very good. <laughs> uh, when they are standing in front of a door, the camera goes on, and it, it shows uh, automatically in the Apple TV, even though we, we have Univi video. Um, so we open the door when they are in front of the camera, then they want to go come in. But when a spider weaves a net before the camera, it also reacts. And I don't like that. Then, then you're watching yeah. a movie and then there's, Bling, bling, bling. Somebody wants oh, it. Oh, that would be annoying. Uh, it is. So uh, I um, um, uh, push all my streams to frigates and I detect the uh, if it's cat or something else. That, that's working already, but now I have to put it onto the Apple TV because the integration for uh, Univi Video goes through um, Homebridge, probably. Uh, uh, Homebridge, well, actually, a part of Home Assistant does, does the same functionality. All right. um, but for a normal camera or a frigate camera, it doesn't do that. So oh, I found something. I haven't looked into that yet. Yeah, that, it, it doesn't do that. It, it's hard to put a camera into a Home Assistant when there's not actually a camera. So I am creating a... Uh, alerting mechanism that puts a image on your Apple TV when it thinks it's a camera. Somebody on the internet uh, posted something very genius about it. 
you you have a picture that camera is that picture and by moving that picture on and off uh, it, it shows on your uh, apple tv All right. so uh, i'm working on that but it's it's not foolproof yet well i'm the fool but it's not foolproof yet so and and other things i don't know it's actually is already pretty automated so yeah I, I want to automate more stuff in the kitchen but that means new appliances so that's probably not going to happen well if we would to buy a new washing machine i would probably look at something that i could integrate yeah um we did that i've <laughs> noticed that they're fairly expensive but um and honestly all the other features that you get with them are not really no. worth mentioning exactly um, i want to know when they're on or off and that's about it yeah um uh, maybe a timer how long it will be busy so you can estimate can i go into the city or not for instance or can i go and do groceries mm. or whatever but yeah i, I would uh, for now and, and this is this is a problem with home automation uh, you notice that for a lot of companies like like you know the 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 good old home appliances brands they treat home automation as something exotic you have to pay a lot of money for yeah which is basically a load of bs because it's just a cheap chip with some cheap software on it that just talks to whatever you already have in there and it you know right now i've solved it with a uh, 35 dollar power plug yeah exactly uh, i don't know i mean it is it, it can be very 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 inexpensive and I, I, that, that's the problem i don't see why i have to pay i don't know 1200 euros for a washing machine versus 600 for the same model but without the the smart in the smart assistant which i'm not going to use anyway apart from the fact that it can tell me yes i'm washing yes i will be done in 30 minutes yeah all the other stuff i don't care no exactly i'm not sure about i, I noticed on the ces 2024 that that lg and samsung had new smart home appliances specifically samsung's got this fridge but which will keep track of whatever's in there and and will notify you if stuff is going bad or i don't know how well that works yeah but at our home most of the things don't have that long and they're used before it might go over the date the thing is exactly that how efficient is that how useful is it you know how often are you reminded about something that is actually going over date or that is actually going bad or i don't know i mean yeah. it doesn't see that stuff is actually bad it just assumes that based on the date that's on the packaging that it is yeah but i mean i had a a, a pepper lately that uh, that actually was bad but was brand new from from the grocery so yep. yeah i don't know um i don't think that it is intelligent enough to do the actual job no i don't think so but well, um, well we'll see about that yeah exactly well with one that thing I, one thing i want to add though one thing i want yeah. to add and 
that is the best part of my home automation. It saved me a ton of money. How's that? Because of the presence tracking in the house, actually our home is using so little heat. It is comparable to a home about uh, 25% of the size of our home. Just because of the tracking that we do and the efficient heating that we do. I mean, we've got an insane power bill. (laughs) (laughs) But the the heating is couldn't be more efficient. And that is something that I actually achieve with home automation is the, the very, very, very selective heating of the house and the different rooms. Yeah. And the, the very little, well, we're still using uh, natural gas as a as a fuel for heating the home. Um, the the uh, the bill for that has been very low. So there is an apart from the convenience, there is also that advantage to be had. You can actually save money if you do it properly in the winter as well as in the summer. You know, close the blinds in time, make sure to keep it cool in the house or in the winter, you know, uh, be efficient with your heating, only heat the rooms you're in and turn off the heating when you're not there, uh, turn yeah. off the heating in the evening or at night, etc., etc. And that this is where home automation can do wonders because, well, it, you tend to, well, at least I tend to forget to turn off the, the thermostat in the evening, but my home automation does not. No, exactly. Well, we had it already automated, so it's not an issue. But uh, like you said, it, it saves a lot of money. That definitely did did save me. And I'm talking serious money. So this this saved me hundreds of euros in a year. Yeah. And it's and still the environment, that. obviously. And it is why. I mean, it is, it is a sustainability thing as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. With that, I, we're coming up to the hour. So... Uh, Perhaps we should end this one. Uh, thanks for listening. And if you have anything that you want to mention us, please let us know in the comments or mail us at the address at the website or on YouTube or Spotify. Please subscribe. And actually put in all the thumbs and push us to the top of the list with our already three episodes. Woohoo! Yeah. And... Uh, We'll see you or hear you next time. Bye. Bye.